0: Fresh Art International presents Fresh Talk, conversations about creativity in the 21st century. I'm Kathy Byrd, Fresh Art Producer. Tonight I spoke with Regine Sahakian on Skype. Regine is a curator and producer from Iraq who's based in Beirut and New York. We talked about Regine's work with emerging Iraqi artists. I'm interested in the context for contemporary art making. How deeply did the 2003 American invasion affect Iraqi culture?
1: While work, artistic work, did continue to take place, uh, I think the main shift that took place with the American invasion and the occupation has, you know, has affected the arts and artists in very critical ways, but there, there are also the same kinds of circumstances that affected you know, much of the country in a number of ways, so it necessarily affected artists. And I would say that there are there are some clearer specifics into how that impacted arts and cultural and intellectual life and 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 work in Baghdad and and in Iraq. But one of the the main ways that happened was really the kind of schism and um, dismantling of sort of infrastructure that took place with the invasion. Uh, the sort of Continued, but really a, enormous surge of the brain drain that took place, which which had started earlier, um, but really went into full effect after the invasion, um, and then the real breakdown in infrastructure, and by that I mean, you know, the education system, uh, the actual violence that disrupted the country. So you you have all of these larger circumstances that were affecting much of the country, and then for artists, you also You also add to that real crackdowns. Um, There's also, you know, the extreme looting that took place. Uh, The Museum of Modern Art and the Antiquities Museums were all looted, lost much of their work. They remain closed today, which is something that I think a number of people don't realize, is that the museums are still closed. They're still not open to the Iraqi public.
0: So what's happened to art education and creative opportunities
1: the art institute and the art academy, which were very important places of learning, the art academy is at the Baghdad University. Um, really, is in is not in in very good condition. There are very few, you know, qualified professors that remain. Their sort of resources are very very limited. There really isn't very much funding or work going into education, despite the the real money that is there in Baghdad going into those those kinds of resources are providing any sort of support in that way. Um, So you don't really have any of the formal or informal infrastructures that artists really rely on anywhere in the world to do their work. Um, Out of 20 galleries that were in operation, there's maybe a handful that still operate today and in a very different kind of way. Many of them charge artists to show work. Um, There aren't really any collectors that remain there. Uh, You know, there aren't sort of grants that can be applied for. There aren't residencies. There aren't, you know new exhibitions coming in or different artists or ways for Iraqis to go outside. So there's this very extreme isolation as well. Um, and you know, the, you know, just one example, like the library at the art Institute was burned and still was burned to the ground. And really there's, it's still very limited what has been rebuilt from the library. So, so you really have, um, you know, you still have a university and sites where arts education takes place, but it is extremely stagnated, extremely out of date. Um, there is very little support for any artists in, the, in those programs. And then once they graduate, um, it becomes even more limited. And at the same time, uh, you have this city, particularly in fact that I'll speak about, where so many things have taken place and so many images have been generated um, that are really uh, often very one-sided and really not coming from individuals or citizens themselves who've experienced it. So that sort of um, limited possibility for, for expression and for being able to sort of not just document what's taken place, but even in terms of just individual expression of, of you know, whatever an artist might want to speak or discuss or work on, um, has been incredibly uh, crippling for, for artists that are working. And that's, you know, apart from all of the violence and threats that that continue to be faced by citizens, and also in particular for, for artists, writers, intellectuals, anyone who's really trying to sort of present and, and work on something that's their own creative pursuit.
0: You formed a new organization to address some of these issues that you just described, which sound like amazing challenges
1: I started SEDA about two and a half years ago in order to try to address that gap and to to really start working with artists who didn't necessarily have a means to connect to the different um, kinds of resources education or otherwise to be able to kind of further and support their work so I started by taking some initial trips Um, more often to Baghdad, interviewing art students, um, speaking to different people, going to the art academy, um, and sort of seeing what was necessary and, and wanting to make sure that there really was a desire and need for an organization like this to exist and for these kinds of activities to take place. What subject matter did you find that the artists were
0: representing that perhaps gave you information about how isolated they were?
1: You know, it wasn't necessarily from the artwork itself. I think what really pointed me to the isolation was that they wanted to know about what was taking place, but they didn't even necessarily know of what it was they were looking for. They didn't know, for example, like what a, what a curator might be or what that person might do or um, about the kinds of different museums that exist in different parts of the world or what the roles of those museums or galleries might be. And learning all of this, the more our programming has developed through them as well, because part of this is also trying to figure out where those gaps are and addressing that in a way that will empower them as well. Because, you know, if you're not necessarily sure how a system of art making works, it's also very easy to sort of fall through a number of cracks or to sort of have your work be used or not be able to sort of leverage the work that you have or or what you're doing in a way that will enable, enable you to do more. So, We're trying to really sort of, you know, discuss the ways that different art making can happen and what's been happening in the arts so that they have all the tools available at their disposal.
0: What role do new media and the internet play in this project?
1: It's played a huge role, actually. Um, You know, because Baghdad is still a very, very dangerous place to be and there still remains... Very little security for people who live there, um, let alone visitors. Uh, it It was a situation where there was this enormous need for programming, but it was not possible necessarily for me to guarantee the security of any artist to be able to go there and do a workshop, for example, or a professor to do a class. So the question was, how do we still be able to provide programming and workshops and and the kinds of necessary education programs that are needed even if the site is is so unstable still that that people can't necessarily go there and that it's not easy for people to leave so you know really with the solution that we found which is a solution that really wouldn't have existed a few years ago is um, using a very basic you know we had a we have brought a computer set up for a classroom space that we that we rent there from the um, from a film center, um, the Iraqi Independent Film Center, and the students assemble there. You know, we have a projector, we have a computer set up, and the, we invited different teaching artists from all over the world to conduct classes in Arabic, and they do it over Skype. So it's something that's very simple but incredibly effective because it's all in real time. They have live conversation. Um, you know, they keep in contact throughout the weeks, throughout the months um, of the program with the teaching artists, with each other, um, using different platforms, using Facebook, you know, as a bulletin board with a, you know, private group that there is, using Skype in terms of the programming that takes place and the actual lectures and workshops. And, you know, that's that's really allowed us to to be able to provide year-long programming. And so new media and technology has really allowed us to do more substantial programming, which has anchored many things, but you know, and I, and I don't wanna say it's a substitute because the, the actual programs where we've all come together in a space um, have been very, very essential. And I think that is still incredibly important, but at least in terms of being able to provide consistent programming and that kind of a link, um, it's, been, it's been invaluable.
0: Emerging Iraqi artists must be eager to participate in these programs. How do they qualify?
1: We work with the students at a, at these at you know the Baghdad Art Ac- at the Art Academy at Baghdad University and at the Art Institute. So um, and you know one of our, our student coordinator there is also a teacher at the College of Art. Um, or a lot of visits that we do are with the students. All of our students have basically come from the College of Art or Art Academy or they're recent graduates of it of either one of those two art schools in Baghdad. So we've initially have kept it fairly open um, and then, and and basically opened it up to anyone who was interested in attending. And then more recently we've, we've sort of narrowed it and that um, the main criteria criteria for, for SEDA is that a student is serious, that they attend all the lectures, that they do the work um, and that, you know, that they're, they're very, you know, they're committed and interested.
0: I'm thinking that a strong sense of community would be essential.
1: That's actually a very important part of what we're doing because we're hoping to build an independent art space um, and classroom space for the group in Baghdad soon. And, and that is something that will need to be artist-run. So they will have to have the capacity to do that. So that's, I, I think that is definitely a, a very important component of our work. So it's really imperative for us that there's, you know, a, a space where there are artist studios where they can experiment with work, um, where they can do informal exhibitions on their own um, and also have access to, you know, books, materials, media, audiovisual resources um, and, and, you know, a dedicated classroom space. And, and really also just an open, independent and safe place to, to have discussions, to be, to be working together, to be progressing, progressing work.
0: You shared with me a documentary about this experiment, and I found it extremely enlightening and inspiring.
1: Thank you. We did the uh, we shot the documentary. Um, Joey Harfoush is a, a Beirut based filmmaker, um, and he was one of the uh, someone who came came to this program that we had. It was a intensive program over the summer where we brought um, ten students. Actually, it was about 14 students from Baghdad, to Northern Iraq, and we all were sort of there to do workshops, seminars, um, and lectures, art history lectures, with these 14 students who had come, who had been participating in the online program, who had come from Baghdad. So it was a very, um, it was an incredible week. We we learned a lot. The students, you know, learned a lot. It was it was a very intense week, and um, uh, we shot. Quite a bit of footage, and we'd initially thought it would just be a few minute, you know, sort of short video on, on what took place. But um, it, it turned into a much sort of more substantial, you know, 20, 20 minute documentary that was really important for, for us because uh, uh, much of it was taken from the week that we spent there and the activities that took place, but also um, through a number of interviews that we conducted with the students really getting a sense from them themselves about their work, about what they had been through, about the circumstances and context of, of living in Baghdad and being a young artist there and really coming of age during the occupation, during the ongoing war and the ongoing violence that is there today and, and still trying to maintain, um, to, maintain, to maintain a life and work um, as an artist and as, as somebody who ca- as people who care about their community and about expressing the things that are that are taking place there that are taking place in their own lives and minds and and imaginations.
0: Regine explains the purpose of the documentary.
1: We're going to be releasing it over the next few months, um, and it will be most likely on the public platform. We're really trying to set up um, a sort of fundraising seed fund campaign so that we can continue to exist independently over the next two years. And I think the documentary will be an important part of that. Um, so we'll be releasing it um, with that campaign over the next two months. So you'll be able to view it um, on the website, sadairaq.org. So, you know, the, the documentary was important for us, uh, really, because I think what's happening in Iraq can seem so large and so abstract. And, you know, obviously, is not the most optimistic kind of news that you have. But I think the, Documentary and students in it and their work and their voices, and really sort of bring things into perspective and and into a, a real personal and, and interesting level in terms of what it means to to produce work and in and, and all kind in a very specific time and place
0: in what specific ways do you think this set up programming has affected those who participated
1: so uh, They're all between 18 and 32. So they've really come of age in this environment where you know that you are on the news every day. Your country has been the subject of an international coalition of war, um, you know, of, of being seen on screen in a very specific lens in a very specific way. And yet, there has been such a crackdown and such an inability to be able to actually connect to anyone living outside, even though you you are this really central, central sort of subject matter, and at the same time incredibly devalued um, and disempowered in that way to have any kind of voice or, or connection to anyone else out there. You know, I think it's incredibly that is another form of really incredible violence to um, so not sort of be able to say what has taken place um, or to sort of reach anyone that is that is out there in a sense. So, you know, that's one of the things that was important also about having different teaching artists come into the classroom, either online or physically, and to be able to connect with the students um, and to be able to, to speak and for them to be able to speak to somebody who's you know, who's who's out there, who is listening, who cares about the work, who cares about these opinions, who cares about this kind of, um, the kind of thinking that's being done. Um, I, I think that's been really, really important. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, even during the, the intensive that we had for them to have some really dedicated time and space to be able to say what they have been going through or thinking or feeling and has been really important, and you know for us it's also been incredibly important i mean their their thinking and their um, opinions and their care about what 's taking place in their schools with their friends and their families and their country and their cities is really um, is really critical and important and they're they're very um, dedicated to those kinds of issues which I think need to to be
0: encouraged i'm wondering how what you 've set in motion can become a sustainable environment for the creative community.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean that's um definitely something I'm I'm consistently thinking about. And you know, to be completely honest, I'm not sure how sustainable it will be. I think the the most that I can do or that I've been focusing on um and that I hope that you know, as the organization takes more shape and and continues is is really to have a sense that there are more people involved than necessarily just me or just people who are are on the staff or anything like that, but really have it be a sort of environment or a movement where, as I said, you know, if there is a space and and with different programming that evolves that much of it is artist-run um, with artists who are based in Baghdad, who are there, who are, you know, sort of shaping the program as importantly as possible and as effectively as possible and in taking into consideration their own needs. Um, and because things are going to continue to shift, um, maybe for worse, uh, you know, hopefully for better, but, but you know, you never know, probably for worse in, um, in Baghdad and perhaps in, in other areas. Uh, and so... In terms of sustainability, I think the best thing or the, the way that, that we're trying to move forward is to really put as much capacity in the hands of artists as possible and think about ways to generate um, a kind of community around the work that's being done so that whatever falls apart or whatever takes place and whatever shifts go on, there is a sense of the importance of the work and some real practical tools and means to connect to resources, connect to individuals, connect to each other. Here's
0: a high-energy excerpt from the soundtrack of the new documentary. You've just heard Fresh Talk with Iraqi curator Regine Sahakian. Learn more about Regine's project on freshartinternational.com. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook, and you can follow my tweets at freshartintl. If there's a creative voice you'd like to hear on Fresh Talk, please write to freshartinternational at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.